But these are written, these that, that are recorded, those miracles that we see that have been given uh, for the purpose that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Look, there have been times where, where I have talked to someone and asked them, I said, do, do you know if you were to die today that you were going to go to heaven? Oh, yeah, I do. Well, how do you know that, that you're going to heaven? Well, and this was an exact testimony I heard years ago. Well, there was a time when, when I was younger that, that I was in a bad car accident and God saved my life. And so I know that God is not done with me and that, that I have eternal life. How, how, do we, how do we know? I mean, you know, it, it, it tells us in the Scripture that we have a sin issue. Everybody sins. And to know that we have eternal life, we need to, to do business with God in understanding that there must be a forgiveness of our sins. And there must be a reception of Christ as our Savior and looking to Him and trusting him and and just because God saves your life physically doesn't mean that you have eternal life at all he's just extended your time to where you can make certain that you have come to that point where you with God and you need to settle that in your life and you need to trust Christ as your savior and make certain of that there is no guarantee of life tomorrow for any of us here I mean there could be a natural gas explosion and all of us go up and smoke and so we, we all go together, and, and we just don't know what's going to happen. But we do need to make sure that we have settled things with Christ in our life. And, and that's what he's saying here in John. He said, look, Jesus did all of these, and it, and it wasn't for the purpose of just healing them and giving them physical life. I, I, if that's all that God is good for, then eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Because that, why in the world do we think that that's sometimes a blessing when, when he keeps extending our lives and in this sin-sick world? And, and if that's all we have, then there isn't any hope at all. And, and so here he's saying that, that, that these things are written, all of these miracles, this life of Christ has been written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And, and so through that, he's proving certain things. He's proving that Jesus is God. He's showing us that he is sufficient and that, that he has brought these miracles and to prove that he's God. He's given, uh, he does this to give people the opportunity to trust in him. And then we also know now, that, and, and we're going to see this in, the, in, in what Paul writes to the Corinthians, he also gives this to manifest the gospel message, and to manifest the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells in the lives of believers today. And so uh, that's, that's what So go over to 1 Corinthians, if you would, and we're going to start in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want us to look at some things. <clears throat> First of all, there's different gifts there's the spiritual gifts in chapter 12, and verse starts with verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. 
Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but goes. Now there are diversities of gifts, diversities of spiritual gifts that he started talking about in verse 1, but the same Spirit. Now there are differences of ministrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But then it goes, and, and, and we're going to see in the spiritual gifts, we're going to see the, the diversity, and we're going to see, first of all, in these spiritual gifts, that there's also what is called the manifestation gifts. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And, and so you can go over, do you remember whenever, and, and for time, I don't want to go there, but over in Romans, and Romans chapter 12, and it talks about the administration the the gifts that and remember we took the test to see what kind of spiritual gifts that we have and some administrative some uh, our, our church lacks mercy big time and uh, but but those are those are gifts that are still today but the manifestation gifts were manifested to reveal the spirit of God to reveal the working of the Holy Spirit and and here we're going to see that. The diversity of these, and and so he tells us. He says, and and they're all to profit, to to benefit believers, and and to benefit men. And it says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. This is a special wisdom. This is a God-given wisdom that that you're not going to get from any other books. That this is a wisdom that came directly from God. And to another, and that's another of the same kind. The word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Being able to speak something that only God knows. And so this is something that was very special at the time. That is a group because he shows us that for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another of the same kind the word of knowledge. But now he goes and he makes another group in verse 9. And he says, to another of a different sort, faith by the same Spirit. This is, a, this is a very special faith that God blessed. This is the kind of faith that Elijah had whenever he called down fire from heaven and, and, and uh, uh, ended up taking out all of the, the prophets of Baal on that day. And so to another of a different sort, faith by the same Spirit. To another of the same sort, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. These men were given the ability to heal those that were sick and and here, manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit, authenticating the very uh, uh, gospel that they are teaching and showing them that this is a different time. And, and so another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues. Look, that, that this type of discerning of spirits, this, and I, I, I read too far, but, but the discerning of spirits to another of a different sort, diverse kinds of tongues, to another of the same sort, the interpretation of tongues. And, and what, so what we have are three groups. We have, first of all, we have the ones that we saw, the wisdom knowledge. Then secondly, we see those that are, that are grouped in the same group are faith, the group, uh, gifts of healing, working of miracles. And, and then we also see that uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, and the 
the third one, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, and discernment. And then the last one is tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Some, some had the gift of tongues. Some had the gift of, of interpreting that. And so, but then it says, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And we are baptized into that body one time. We don't need a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get that baptism when we trust Christ as our Savior. And so now we have all of these manifestation gifts are, are uh, laid out. And here we see that they are given by the Holy Spirit of God. But move on further, and we get into chapter 13, and let's look at chapter 13. <clears throat> and even chapter 12 and verse 28, and God set some in the church, first apostles. And, and we know that one of the, the prerequisites to be an apostle is that they needed to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are no apostles today. The, the Mormon church still today teaches that there are apostles, that their leader, the, the, whoever their, their leader is, is an apostle. And so there are no apostles. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're not old enough to have seen the resurrection of Christ. And, and they don't believe in Christ anyway. It's a total different Christ that they believe in. But, but there are Pentecostal churches that will teach that Someone is an apostle. Well, they're not an apostle, and, and they're dead and they're gone. And, and when John on the, on the island of Patmos, when, after he wrote the book of Revelation, and then when he died of old age, he was the last apostle, and there hasn't been another apostle since then. Secondarily, prophets. There were those prophets that spoke for God. And, and we know that through that prophecy and through those prophets that we have the Word of God that we have today. And thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles and, and uh, teachers teaching stuff that nobody else could know that was divinely given to them by God. And then the miracles, then the gifts of healings and uh, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. And, and then he asked, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. That's what he's, he's expecting as the answer. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Well, what are the best gifts? Well, he goes on, and he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Some would try to say that then the tongues of angels must be different than the tongues of men. However, in the Scripture, and that's what you base this on, there, uh, otherwise you're, you're basing everything on a theory, just like evolution is based on a theory, Every time, every time, every time, every time the angel speaks to a person, the person understood him. Do you understand that? Every time an angel spoke to a man, they understood him. Some will try to tell you that there is some unknown language of the, of the angels. Prove it to me. Don't prove it to me by babbling like you're possessed by some demon. Don't, don't tell me that that's from God when nobody sitting here can understand what you are saying. 
you need to, you, we need to understand that when, when it was either an angel or as a Christophany or a theophany where God or Christ appeared or, or whether it be an angel that, that came and talked to them, every time they understood them, every time. And so here, and so though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and, and they understand, the angels understand what we're saying right now and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. If, remember I told you on Sunday morning uh, of those 10 things that that secular article had about being happy is that get yourself a pet. And the explanation for that was that if you have a pet, you, you, will, you will be able to, to experience unconditional love because that pet loves you unconditionally. And for the most part, they do. And, and, and they love you as long as you feed them. If you don't feed them, then one day they're going to make you lunch, and then they're really going to love you as they're chewing on your leg. And, but, but still, the unconditional love. Well, here he's showing us that, look, it, you can have all these other gifts, but if you don't have the agape love, the self-sacrificial love, then you have nothing. And, and here as believers, then, we need to look to that and, and love one another as we should. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Look, he's dealing with a church here that was very carnal, and, and they were looking at certain gifts, and they were putting those that had those gifts up at a higher echelon than everybody else, and these were gifts that, that everybody could see. And so we could see the pride and the arrogance that was going on in the Corinthian believers during this time also. And he said, look, you have absolutely nothing if that's all you have are those gifts and you don't have love. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth, profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. And so here, the, the, the Corinthians were like, we don't need love. We don't care about love. We need to be pushed up and put into a great spot because we are speaking in tongues. Or we have prophecy, and, and, and we're so smart in our prophecy. But then look what he says. Charity never fails. It will forever exist. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Now remember, when, when you go back to the groups that, that we saw in chapter 12 and, and verse 8, in group 1 we had wisdom and knowledge. But then another of a different sort. In group two, we had faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, and discernment. And so now we have prophecy is being mentioned in that. And I do believe that what you see, and, and we'll see this in a minute, he takes one from each one of those groups and says that they're all going to fail. All of these are going to fail. And so first of all then, we see that that, uh, uh, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. That's the third group. 
Tongues and the interpretation of tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, that's in the first set that we saw, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. When, when Paul was writing this, Paul was telling them, we, we don't know the rest of the story. We don't know what, what is going to come of this church. We don't know of, of everything that, that God's will is for our world. But and So right now, we are still telling you what God is telling us. And, and we know this in part, and we're, because we prophesy in part. We're, we're not certain of everything that, that, is, that is going on here. But when that which is perfect is come, and so now, when that which is perfect in, is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And so now, whenever we start looking at, at this object, that which is perfect, we see that it's in a neuter form. It's not in a masculine, so it wouldn't be talking about Jesus. It's not talking about his kingdom, which it would have been in a feminine voice. It's in a neuter, and a neuter there is talking about something that is an inanimate object, and the only thing that we know that is perfect that's inanimate is this. And so now when we look at this, so then that, when that which is perfect is come, when that which is perfect is complete, when that which is, which is perfect that, that we have with us, then that which is in part shall be done away. There won't be any need for the tongues. There won't need to be any time for someone to be prophesying. He, he even gives us a warning in Revelation. He said, don't be adding to the word. Don't take away from it either. You have everything that you need right here. Why, why do we need anything else? Uh, we have everything here that tells us and shows us how we ought to be living right now. And he even shows us all the way to the point where he shows us when we will be in the eternal state forever. It's all here. Everything that we need in this life is right here. We don't need anybody adding to it. You know, I, I saw someone get on Facebook one time, and, and you know, one of those Facebook friends, and, and she made the statement, somebody speak prophecy to me. I should have answered it and said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. <clears throat> And so we we just like we need something new. Look, I could, you know, if you want to be judgmental, I could have pointed out a whole lot of things that she needed to just be doing that scripture already tells us that we ought to be doing. You don't need anything new, young lady. You need to do what you already know and what's given to us. And so, and then he goes on. So it'll be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Ooh. That's, would you not say that Paul is almost saying the way that you're acting and the way you're taking those gifts is childish? And as a matter of fact, when that which is perfect has come, then put all those things away. Grow up. Take the meat of the word and be what it is that God wants you to be. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am also known. I'll be complete. My knowledge will finally be, be complete. And now abideth. And forever, faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. And then you can go through 
uh, chapter 14, and, and chapter 14 shows the, the preference of, of prophecy over tongues and, and actually shows us that, that even between the two of those, that faith, hope, and charity are the three greatest. Stick with those. Rest of those are going to be done away with. And so when, whenever he was, in, when he was at Ephesus and, and during some of this time is when he was writing to the, the Corinthian church and telling them that, hey, you need to get over this and you need to quit doing this. And, and, and then something else that probably really shut him down, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's in the scripture in chapter 14 that the Corinthians, it seemed like the, the biggest problem makers in the church at the time were the ladies that were doing all the speaking in the tongues. And you know what Paul said? Tell them to be quiet. Tell them to quit. They're, they're not to be doing that and speaking in tongues in any way whatsoever. I don't know how our Pentecostal churches can, can say that it's, even if you do believe in tongues, how in the world can you say that it's okay for a woman to be speaking in tongues when Paul, in the divine inspiration of God himself, says, be quiet. Uh, I guess it really doesn't matter as long as you are going by your emotions, and that is what it is. It's an emotional response. And so we need to be careful. And so follow after charity is what he tells us. And, and so here, when we go back then to, to Acts and, and we see these things that I, I could only imagine. I can only imagine the, the issues that, that Paul must have had during that time to make certain that they didn't give him any credit and any glory for that at all. Remember earlier in Acts, they, they were... Uh, when Peter was there, and 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 was it was Peter and and uh, Barnabas? Maybe I, I can't remember. But remember, they Peter healed someone, and then they started worshiping him. He said, "Get up! I'm just a man." And but I can only imagine how how tough it must have been on Paul whenever all these people started seeing this. And 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 I say all these things because there are there are far too many people today. That, that want to put so much emphasis on, on what we can see. And so they base everything on everything that they can see. And so tongues is this great manifestation of, of the Spirit. And, and truly, there's, there is no accountability with that. There isn't any accountability saying that you can prophesy. And, and there, there is no accountability to, to, to those things like, like there is when you walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you are walking by the power of the Holy Spirit who is going to hold you accountable, who is going to give you a love for one another as you, you should, who will give you the kind of faith that, that, that God wants you to have, that, that it'll be a hope that, uh, of a certainty. And, and, and see, that's something else, and maybe I need to quit picking on the Pentecostals, but, but something else that Pentecostals do not have is a certainty of their salvation, they're constantly teaching that your sins of the future have not yet been forgiven. And so if you go to sleep at night, and, and, and maybe even if you haven't confessed your sins of the day and, and gotten those right with God, that you could lose everything that you have. And so they sleep at night in a terror. They wake up at, in the morning with a terror thinking that they could lose what they have. And that is, I'm telling you guys, that that is not the kind of hope that God is telling us that we have when we're walking in the Spirit. 
It is a certainty that if I walk out of here and one of those noisy trains runs over me, then I'll see you in heaven someday. I'll be waiting. And there is a certainty of that. Don't, don't let them fool you, and men, because it's all manifest by uh, what are they speaking, what are they saying, and how are you doing, 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 you know? If you're going to do anything, walk in the Spirit, and he'll show you, and live by that. Paul did that, and Paul, in, as an apostle, and during that, that special dispensation time uh, of proving the authenticity of the gospel message, God used them in a, in a different way than he does today. And, and another thing I'd suggest, don't walk out there and let some rattlesnake bite you just to show that you have the same power as, as Paul. And so it's ludicrous to think that. And we need to, anyway, we'll end with that one. I remember Jerry Clower giving that statement. He said he went into a church in, in the hills of Kentucky or hills of Tennessee, and he walks in there, and he's standing up there at the front, and looks around, and he said there, or it wasn't Jerry Clower, I can't remember, it was some guy in a, in a, in a they were singing, and, and, he's, and they start singing, he said, we're singing, we're, we're uh, moving along, and then pretty soon they bring this bag out, and they dump all these snakes out, and start handling these snakes, and he says, he looks over there at the guitar player, and he says, where's the back door, and he said, I don't think they have one, he said, where do you think they want one? <laughs> was it? All right, so... Oh, uh, anyway, but, you know, I, I think that we, uh, God can still heal, and we know he does because we have perfect examples sitting in our church today that have been healed. And you know how we want to see people healed? We want to see them healed by what James tells us, the effectual, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let's pray for one another. Let's leave them in God's hands, and let's watch God heal them. And God can do that, and God does do that, and he works miracles. We praise the Lord for that, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, get back at it on Sunday. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray your blessings upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, guys.